When I think of my podcast co-host Nick, I always think at the back of his head. I picture cracking his lovely skull, unspooling his brain, trying to get answers. The primal questions of a podcast. What are you thinking? How are you feeling? What have we done to each other? What will we do? You can't fight in here, this is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I am so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Welcome to Facing Off, a podcast where we take two movies we find to be similar and we compare, contrast, and rate them. I am your deeply unsettled uh, host, Nick, and this is uh, your... your vindictive wife, Gabe. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Well, you better uh, watch out, dude. <laughs> we, uh, oh, the first time we recorded this, we did that intro separately, and this time Gabe was in the same room just staring at me as he read it and i was i was struggling I not was, to laugh the i was not time. expecting that that was yeah. d- deeply disturbing for me uh yeah. but welcome to facing off thank you for joining us um and uh continuing to listen to our podcast we are very happy that that you're wherever you are doing that in traffic or uh you know just exercising laying maybe. in bed alone thinking about your husband and how lazy he's been yeah just daydreaming about the the uh the plot that you have to to frame him for your own murder yeah yeah so pretty much that thanks how you doing man i'm doing well how are you i'm doing all right um chilling chilling i've uh, seen some really good movies lately that aren't these movies that are pretty fun oh that's good um yeah, go out and see uh, the Korean movie Parasite. It's the best movie of the year Ooh, by far. I can't far. wait to see that. It's so yeah. good. See it in theaters. You're going to miss yeah. out if you don't. Um, so our two yeah. movies today are Gone Girl and A Simple Favor. Yeah. Um, what, uh, before we get into it, I guess, let's just do a couple disclaimers. Yeah, that's what because, I was thinking. Because uh, last we episode, we almost spoiled stuff. Yeah. Or I guess we did spoil stuff, but it was Guardian, so it was okay. Yeah, I don't want to skip over, though. So our disclaimers, uh, first and foremost, we are not experts. We are not uh, movie critics. We just think that it's fun to talk about movies, and so we created a rating system So because we like numbers and stuff. So yeah. um, we're not, we're not, po- or we are podcast hosts, but we are not movie critics. Um, yeah, this is just our opinion, and yeah. we're open to everybody's yeah, opinion. Yeah, and we value your opinion, so please email us. Uh, we got a lot of feedback after our first episode, and we really, really appreciate that. So keep that coming, because we, we want to make this super listenable for you guys. Um, our next disclaimer is we are going to spoil Gone Girl, and we are going to spoil A Simple Favorite. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, stop now. If you uh, do not want these movies spoiled, you should definitely have seen Gone Girl. Um, and if you have not, please go and watch it. Is it streaming on anything? So you can rent it on Amazon and I think YouTube. Uh, it's not streaming on anything. It's on FX networks, I think. So if you have an FX account, you can watch okay. it. I don't know if it's like bleeped out for certain parts. You're definitely going to miss out on... Uh, some little naked bits, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's there. And then a simple favor, if you haven't seen that, uh, is on Hulu, uh, 
and I think Amazon. So if you're watching Gone Girl for that Ben Affleck side ween, uh, uh, yeah, you're gonna miss that. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. So. Uh, <laughs> In this episode, we dive deep into two suburban marital mysteries where wives go missing and we are left to examine the behaviors of those close to them who they left behind as we uncover the true nature of their disappearances. Today, we are comparing David Fincher's 2014 post-recession marital thriller, Gone Girl, starring Rosamund Pike and Ben Affleck and his side penis, (laughs) uh, to Paul Figg's 2018 mystery comedy, I guess you can call it that, uh, A yeah. Simple Favor, starring Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. In Gone Girl, on Amazing Amy and Nick Dunn's anniversary, Amy disappears but leaves behind an anniversary scavenger hunt for Nick. As Nick hunts for clues, he soon finds that his wife has framed him for murder so he can receive the death penalty for being a bad, boring husband. Uh, however, when she realizes she truly belongs with Nick, she hatches a disturbing and violent plan to reunite with him. In a simple favor, uptight and energetic widow-slash-mother Stephanie befriends a fellow rich and no-fucks-given mother named Emily. Shortly after, Emily asks Stephanie a simple favor, ooh, titular, to pick up her kid, (laughs) (laughs) but then goes missing under unclear circumstances. (laughs) shut up (laughs) but that goes missing in her absence stephanie begins a sexual relationship with emily's husband and inserts herself into emily's house and family however it is revealed that emily also created a plan for her disappearance but this time it's to get rich off of insurance money get independence from her non-loving husband and slip away from her twin sister's self-imploding lifestyle stephanie then must stop emily and bring her to justice that was an excellent synopsis of A Simple Favor. That was almost better than the movie. I got you, dude. Yeah, so um, uh, let's get into the categories, I guess, at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to sub in a new category for this one. Do you want to spoil what it is now, or do we want to just go over it when we get there? Uh, let's just say what categories we're doing okay. so they know. Um, we're obviously going to use our scale of one to seven. Right. Um, seven being highest, one being lowest, four being average or neutral for yep. the category. Um, so... Our categories today, our new category that we are subbing in for legacy, because that neither of these movies really have like a big legacy. No. Um, so it's not yeah. really a fair one. But we got True Detective, a new category we'll explain soon. Originality, spectacularity, actoring, and eye candy. Let's start it off with True Detective. Oh, start yeah. with the new one? Yeah. So True Detective it. is a category that we've, like uh, Gabe said, we subbed in for Legacy. It's a category where we ask ourselves questions like, which one of these movies um, made us the detective? Yeah. Which one of uh, which one of these movies turned us into Rust Cole, uh, so to speak? Yeah, or Marty Hart. Yeah. I'm the, a- a- the angry one of us. Yeah, so you're the Marty Hart. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically, were you looking at clues? Did it lay out certain, um, clues that would give away certain twists? Um, were you happy with the twist? Did you think about the movie for a while afterwards? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Um, so yeah, let's start with Gone Girl. You want to start with Gone Girl? Okay. So I gave Gone Girl and True Detective, I gave it a rating of a six. Out of seven, all right. Yep, yeah, that's six what I out of seven it. because so Gone Girl is one of my favorite movies. It's got to be top five, top seven favorite movies for me. Easy, nice. Um, the first time I watched it, I could not have been uh, more engaged in the 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 mystery part of this movie. Absolutely. Um, 
I liked it so much. I went and read. <laughs> yeah, same with me. Yeah, I read a book. Wow. I read the book after. Impressive. Um, on my on my uh, on a tablet. It's not like a real paper book. Yeah. Not a caveman. I did on a Kindle as well. Yeah. Wow. We're not cavemen. No. We're modern boys. Um. Yeah. So I I. I could not have been more engaged in the the mystery aspect of this movie, um, yeah. the way that it's unfolded, that it that you kind of learn the the twist in the middle of the movie, uh, is is incredible, was incredible to me, and and you, I don't know, I was on my toes. I I, I really really enjoy the mystery aspect of of Gone Girl. Yeah, I'm giving it a six as well. I I think that the first time I watched it, I would I would have given it a seven. Because it's so fascinating and the twist that she's the one doing it comes to you halfway the through Amy. the movie. Yeah. And so um, you you just need to watch the rest of it. You're so um, engaged in terms of looking for clues. You're trying to figure out the scavenger hunt at the same time Nick does. You're trying to figure out what exact how she's possibly going to like fix all this stuff um, or how he's going to fix his situation. So... I think the problem is when you rewatch it, knowing the twist, it doesn't have that kind of impact where like maybe you will look for clues at the beginning, but it's, it's already laid out in a way where it's fake. Yeah. She's, she makes up the diary thing. So there's not much to look at at the beginning. Right. Once you know that the diary is not real um, on your second watch, it does lose a little bit of its like potency. For sure. It's kind of like the movie, The Prestige in that way, which is also one of my favorite movies. When you go back and you know the twist. Right. But it doesn't necessarily, that's a good one because it doesn't necessarily take away from the enjoyment of the movie. Like a movie like The Usual Suspects or The Sixth Mm -hmm. Sense, if you know the twist, it kind of defeats the purpose of most of the movie. Yeah. Um, at least with the usual suspects, because literally nothing was true. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm giving it a six mm. as well. What about uh, a simple favorite? So Gone Girl gets sixes from both of us. Yeah, All out right. of seven. We agree. Woo. That happens. Yeah. Like a lot. Uh, so this is probably out of the... So out of the, the movies that we've paired up in our... Like a, the list that we've created for... To, for future episodes, this is maybe the most on the nose comparison. Yeah. These two movies are like very similar. The in plot story. of the two movies is is pretty. I guess the books are even more similar. Are they really? Yeah, that's what I read. see. I don't know much. I'll about talk about favor. it. Later. Okay, so I mean, I give it a three. A simple favor. Okay, I give it a three. Slightly in, below average. In True Detective, yeah, it's a little bit below average because it's just not like I don't know. I didn't really care that much about the mystery of what was happening in the movie. It's not, doesn't unfold. I saw yeah. this one in theaters back when movie pass was a thing. RIP. Yeah. RIP movie pass. And, and it was just like, I don't know. It's not the same. Yeah. It's just not the same as gone girl. It's not as well done of, of a movie, particularly in the mystery aspect of it. Yeah. I, I have to agree. I'm going to give it a two out of seven. Um, I, I, so I watched it way after, uh, knowing that it was somewhat like gone girl. So I decided to watch it for this podcast and I do have to say, I wanted to know what the twist would be. And I was trying to predict it as I went through. Um, but it just like wasn't weird enough and wasn't intense enough for me to really feel like I was totally caught up in it. I was more on my phone during it. So it's like, I think in the first like 10 minutes, I'm like, ooh, what are, what's this flashback to her fucking her brother? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to uh, yeah. like discover it. But then like halfway through the movie, I was like, this is dumb. Yeah, I not don't like a, care about the like, mystery. There's not like a mystery around that. It's just like straight up she she 
had sex with her brother. And both movies explain the twist, but this one is like I don't know. They spend like maybe twenty minutes explaining the twist. It's so ridiculous. Like it it it's not even like impressive ridiculous. No, it's just like why didn't you guys think of a simpler way to do this? <laughs> Ooh. Um, that's the irony I dude it's like not really the, a simple favor in the yeah true uh oh. it's not a simple favor to watch it at all um yeah i just feel like with and with our question in this category of um what did the twist leave you th- wanting to um think about it more like were you satisfied with the twist i wasn't when no. you find out what the twist is you're like what was the point of all this other shit in the movie it yeah. didn't make any sense. And then it wasn't really that cool. It was kind of like uh, an ending where I was like, all right, interesting, I yeah. guess. There's like a couple twists folded in with the yeah. final twist being like Anna Kendrick's like come up. Yep. That's like, true. I mean, yeah. you kind of get that with her being like kind of badass in it and like taking control. I mean, Anna Kendrick's great in it. Um, yeah, yeah so I'm going to give it a two. Nick gave it a three. Um, I also bumped the table just now. I'm really yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> you big dummy. Uh, let's go to originality next. Okay. So this is uh, basically, you know, how creative was the movie. And in the case here, they were both uh, movies that came from books. And right. it's how necessary was the movie to be made um, as an adaptation of the book. So what did you give? Let's start with a simple favor. Simple favor. What did you give simple favor? Oh, interesting. In You're using mine to like. It, to um, influence yours? No. Oh, okay. You're just being no. Polite. Way to be uh, paranoid, dude. I I gave it a two, <laughs> uh, two out of seven again. Um, so I do want to. Br- so this is based off of a 2007 novel by Darcy Bell. Uh, uh, you know, Nick and I both haven't watched or read it. Um, no, but I kind of want to now. I almost want to, mostly because this one critic called the novel. Gone Girl, Gone Nuclear. Gone Girl on steroids, amphetamines, and cocaine. I read the Wikipedia. It does not really sound. Yeah, I think that guy should probably be fired from his job, or he was on LSD when he read the book or something. Uh, Was he saying Gone Girl, the the movie, or Gone Girl, the book? I think it's Gone Girl. It's like either. I think it's the novel (sighs) versus the novel. And there's just, I don't believe that. Because no. I've read the book and I've watched the movie many times and it's insane. And the two missing wives, like the disparity between the two of them and how crazy they are. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess pun intended. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't really like in the genre of mystery thrillers. It doesn't really stand out. A in simple favor? No. I don't think it's a movie that you need to see. No, it's like this... Um... It's almost like rom commy, but it's not a rom com. Yeah. There is some rom in it. It's just weird. It's definitely weird. And it has that weird R and B song yeah. at the beginning that's like <laughs> That's so true. Uh, I forgot about that. The Under My Skin is so it's such a bizarre uh sequence. It's, yeah, it's really strange. I yeah. it, so I give Simple Favor a three okay. in terms of originality. Because like I don't know. I mean it didn't need to be made. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see oh, okay, if the no. book is good, it needed to be made, yeah. I guess. Visually be cool. Yeah. It's just like, uh, 
I don't know. I just find it, it weird that they got Paul Fig, who's like yeah. one of the leading yeah. comedic directors. Know. He does like the new Ghostbusters movie, all the Melissa McCarthy movies. It's just like, uh, it seems too much, especially when you compare it, and that's why we have our podcast in this format. When you compare it side by side with Gone Girl, it seems like a, almost like it's a, a, a parody yeah. of Gone Girl. Like it's an SNL sketch version of Gone Girl. It's, right. It's like not, it just doesn't seem original once you put it side by side with a movie like Gone Girl that is so similar to it yeah. in terms of just like the general plot. So uh, Not we, the specifics, but you know. So we got some good feedback from uh, my friend Clay about like, you know, maybe taking a scene from one of these movies to really exemplify the category. Yeah. Um, I'm going to save mine for a simple favor because I think the originality and the way that the two wives are like crafted on screen mm. is something that's that goes more towards like spectacularity than originality. Okay. So I'll talk about that there. I don't know if you have a scene that really like shows you why you would give it a three as opposed to like a one. No, not for simple favor, but I do have a scene for Gone Girl. So I gave Gone Girl, Let's a, do it. Let's I go gave Gone Girl. Girl a six in terms of originality because okay. I definitely think it... It absolutely needed to be made. Yeah. I think that the structure of the movie is very original. Yeah. I mean, and if it's not and there's another movie like it, then oh, I'm yeah. very sorry. Oh, yeah, the whole monologue in the middle of it, just telling you exactly what was going on. That's the scene I was talking about. That's crazy. That whole scene yeah. where you find out what the twist of the movie is, yeah. that the that the the that di- when the diary comes to an end, yeah. essentially is an incredible scene that I think is extremely original. I am so much happier now that my that I'm dead or something like that. Yeah. It's like, and then the and then the diary switches over to like Yeah. Her you, you Step see Step three. Yeah. Bring you see pregnant in co- idiot into home yeah. and ply her with lemonade. Like it's so cool. It's normally an exposition scene like that would be so corny. Yeah. But it's her great, like deep, soothing, kind of creepy voice. And that's what I think is so original about yeah. this movie is that that it's the exposition, especially when you compare it to, to a movie like Simple Favor, is not corny. Yeah. It's original. Yep. And that's what I think is is the coolest thing about Gone Girl. I at totally least in terms agree. of this category. I'm giving it, I'm going a step below you. I'm giving it a five um, because it came from a book. I kind of, I sometimes count that against it, especially Mm -hmm. when it's such a faithful uh, adaptation. There's a lot in the book that is, excuse me, better than the um, movie. Yeah. um, Totally. Because you get into the mind of both Nick and Amy. It's, It's totally in their head. But I think there are things about the movie that are also better than the book. And I'll give it credit for that. Um, I also think like I'm going to give it a five because I think it, as a movie and as a concept, it kind of subverts our idea of like gender roles. And it's it's truly shocking as you were talking about. But I think it has this like cynicism about regular traditions such as like marriage and caring for family that a lot of movies are unwilling to even touch. Um, and so I really I really appreciate that. So I think it's absolutely necessary to be made. I just have trouble calling it totally original. Yeah. Like on I, a seven scale. Yeah, I see what you mean because like, and I very much recommend to to listeners that you read Gone Girl because oh, Gone Girl the book is Gone Girl the movie on amphetamines and steroids or whatever the hell that, yeah. that guy said. There are parts of the movie I like a lot more. I like the ending more. Yeah. Um, 
but like there are parts in the book oh yeah that are oh yeah it's great that are gut-wrenchingly disturbing Okay. Uh, yeah. No. I. I totally. I think you guys should go out. Jillian Flynn's a great yeah, uh, writer. A is, lot of her stuff is getting is adapted. Real... Um, so that's a six from Nick for Gone Girl and a five for me for yeah, Gone Girl. And then uh, another three and a two. Yeah. Um, for a simple, simple favor. So yeah. Uh, next, let's go to Spectacularity, which I've okay. been waiting for. Let's start with Gone Girl. Okay. What'd you give uh, Spectacularity for Gone Girl? So. For Gone Girl, this so is spectacularity a- is just how engaged right. you were. Um, were you, uh, you know, preoccupied, like worrying about the time? Were you on your phone the whole time? Uh, were you at the edge of your seat? Um, what are some other things that kind of describe spectacularity for you? Spectacularity to me is just a category where you you, you ask yourself, um, or we ask ourselves when we rate it, uh, very simply, how engrossed in this movie yeah were you as you were watching it what mm-hmm. was the overall experience every time you watch it of watching this movie every time because obviously for this we're for most of these we're doing a repeated viewing yeah. you've only you've only seen simple favor once right i've seen it twice fine uh loser fine uh for spectacularity i gave i gave gone girl six Okay. I gave it another six. I gave it a six as well. Three wow. in a row, uh, because, like I said, you you are engaged in this movie the whole way through, and a lot of it is because you are you're kind of constantly put on your toes because it's especially the first time you watch it, it's mm-hmm. unexpected, yeah. and then even on the second time watching it, there are there are elements of this movie that carry you through it, like the acting. Yeah, this movie is incredible. Especially by the two leads. Especially the two leads. Everything just just keeps you going through the movie and keeps you engaged and engrossed in it. And you're not there's nothing in it that takes you out. Yeah. I'm giving it a six as well. I think that one thing that really powers this movie through, and uh this is just something I always pick up on in movies, is that Trent Reznor's score is so like harrowing and dark and ominous and like sometimes kind of floaty and like nice when there's like the you know the romantic sequences um that it just kind of it keeps you engaged it's almost like a the beat of a drum in a war or something it just keeps you uh at the edge of your seat um yeah the beating it has a good rhythm right this movie has like a i i would say a nearly perfect rhythm to it. yeah the pacing and the structuring i mean putting the twist in the middle of the movie you would think would make the rest of the movie not interesting but honestly the second half of the movie is crazier than the first yeah um i do want to way crazier and you don't you don't expect that yeah i i do want to highlight you know nick already touched on it but the whole montage scene when she's explaining um how she set this up and like why she set it up and what nick did wrong Mm -hmm. uh and what she's doing now like taking i just i found that like i found myself smiling every time i watched that scene because it's so insane um and so fascinating and it's capped off with like her killing herself you know her imagining herself killing herself and she says and she floated down like all the other abused unwanted inconvenient women and it's like it gives you really a sense of the theme behind their relationship and it keeps you wanting to know 
what the fuck is going to happen for the rest of this if we already know that she disappeared and is framing him for murder? It's him, you know, trying to protect himself for his life, and it's her figuring out whether she really wants to be outside of him or not. No, God. Yeah. So that's a six from both of us. Uh, Let's move on to a simple favor. A simple favor I gave a, uh, let's see. Yeah, I gave a three. Yeah. It's not a spectacular movie. I gave it a three as well. It's like not, it's it's a f- kind of a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Um, especially the first time, but it's not spectacular. It's not engaging and it wasn't like engrossed in the movie. Yeah. You know, I only saw it in theaters because it was free and I only rewatched it because we were doing this podcast episode. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Or uh, I get, like, yeah, that was my idea. <laughs> but no, it's a great, it's like the a perfect matchup to compare right. it to Gone Girl because Gone Girl is so in. Uh, engaging the entire movie right and and it has that that rhythm to it that has the the exposition lines from rosamund pike that are so uh bring you so deeply into her disturbed mindset and just like weird yeah, she's so great i can't wait to talk about her and yeah just like weirdly askew way that she's landed on this plot and then in simple favor that exposition is just not as engaging. The motivation behind um, behind Blake Lively's characters, Emily, Emily Emily's, yeah. uh, you know, her reasoning isn't as engaging. It's as, not new. It's not no. like like a well crafted plan in any way. No, uh, it's I sloppy. Agree. And I'm you, giving you it learn a- that she has a twin sister, and you're like, oh, okay. I'm giving it a three as well because it is like a, not only is it a thriller, but it is like a comedy in certain ways. And Anna Kendrick definitely keeps you engaged in terms of the humor of her and how like, you know, high energy, uh, energy she is. I just felt like even though Gone Girl is much longer, I think it's like 40 minutes longer or something, Mm -hmm. maybe, uh, maybe half hour longer. I just felt compelled to like check my phone the whole time. I was not engaged. I was taken out of the movie. Um, I think... Since I mentioned Trent Reznor for Gone Girl, I should mention that the the score for A Simple Favor is awful. It's by this guy <laughs> named Theodore Shapiro, and it's like really whimsical and like goofy. And it's also emotionally manipulative. Like it makes you focus on things that you don't really need to focus on. No, it's it just it's, like ominous stuff. And you're like, this movie in the end is not like scary or like no. crazy. It's no. um I mean it could be. Yeah. It could be a darker movie and maybe that's what that writer maybe that maybe it is in the book. Maybe it's darker in the book, but it's not really like that like Blake Lively's character isn't really like sinister. Right. Necessarily, but she could have been. It could have been I mean, a she, little different like, to make her more she's sinister. She's supposed to be like she doesn't care about anything and she's so cool and she has this thing and she has this perfect getaway and she's like, "Ooh, you guys will never stop me." Um Yeah. But <laughs> she really like doesn't amount to much in the end and she even gets caught spoiler um yeah and i mean the thing is i'm not gonna give it lower than that because it is fun to watch yeah, in certain it's scenes it's a fun it movie. is interesting until you find out what the twist is and i'm not gonna you know like even though i left the end being like what like i i can't say that i wasn't engaged watching it it's more that the the twists and everything didn't leave me satisfied after, which goes more towards True Detective. Right. And I will say that Anna Kendrick's arc 
was engaging enough to me that I did the whole movie kind of think like, what is she going to do? I totally agree. So that's a good transition to um, actoring, our next yeah. category. And actoring encompasses everything about acting uh, or, or about, about the characters. About the, the characters. It is how good and believable were the actors. And then did the directors and writers and producers or whoever, did they allow those actors to act at the best of their ab- abilities? And did you care about these characters? Yeah. Did the actors have give the performance that is believable and have the tools to give that performance? Yeah. So yeah. let's start with a simple favor since you were talking okay. about Anna Kendrick. So Anna Kendrick carries this movie for yeah. me. I gave it a three because nobody else seems to freaking carry their weight mm-hmm. um you know henry golding is seems to be the same character in every movie he's in yeah uh more or less um and he's just like whatever you know he's not no one's bad blake lively comes like i don't know like really close to being bad really oh man i mean i'm like i she fully went over the bad yeah. acting uh level for me um, well, I'll that's let you fair. finish your point. But that's like, fair. No, that's my point. But I like can, Blake Lively. Yeah. I think that Blake Lively is a good actress, especially in the town. Yeah. But she's so annoying in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like she has these like kind of funny, like cynical lines at the beginning where she's like, um, no, honey, mommy has a date with some antidepressants later or something. And I'm like, people don't talk like this. No. I didn't. My big problem with the movie. Uh, and I'll talk about the other actors at some point um, in this. But my big problem is that I ultimately didn't believe in the characters and I didn't um, care about them. With the exception of Anna Kendrick? I like Anna Kendrick, but the the, the thing with her and Emily paired together, or her with anyone, I guess, paired together, was I don't think that it was well-structured enough for me to care about her character. I think mm. that they're like... There's these like really cheesy filmed flashbacks that show some things that she did in her past. And then there's like some rushed writing. One problem is they keep calling each other best friends. They hung out one time or like two times yeah. before Emily disappeared. They're not best friends. And they don't really seem to connect. We're best friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they don't really seem to like yeah, it's it's not believable. So yeah. if we're talking about the writing and the direct I mean like if you read like what Blake Lively has said about this character, she she seems like she really was into it, but I don't know that she was necessarily given the direction or the the right the tools. I feel like necessary. it might have been the writing. There's like yeah. a part where you hear her voicemail, her professional voicemail at her PR agency says, "Go fuck yourself." At the end of it, ha ha ha. No, that's like, not no a one, thing. No one does that. There yeah. are yeah, there are multiple things that Blake Lively's character does in this movie. She's not the worst, though. There's some of the worst child acting I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. Nick and I both hate child actors. Uh, we don't hate children. We hate child <laughs> just actors. Just when they act. Yeah. Uh, we just, they're just, it's tough. Actually, sometimes there are great acting by children. You know, Scarlett Johansson was good when she was a kid. Natalie Portman. Um, a lot of people. (laughs) There's a lot of people I'm just playing here right now. But I think it is a pretty good cast and a supporting cast. I think at least on paper, it's good. And I do think Anna Kendrick carries this movie as she carries a lot of movies. She's just really fun. Um, Yeah. She's like kind of like clumsy. 
you know she's like kind of like the damsel she, in distress she's type got character. a shtick and she's yeah. really good at it and she's definitely good at it i do like there's like rupert friend is great the guy from homeland is like a tom ford type character yeah he's, he's good he's good i like andrew reynolds i thought the the detective was the most unbelievable character i'd ever seen as oh, a detective yeah. he he walks in and i'll get into this later when we do our <laughs> facelift section i had a theory of where this movie was going and I was very disappointed when it didn't go this direction. And I think it could have made it a better movie. Um, but he kind of walks in. And he goes, ooh, that's a cute nanny. And that's just like, no, a detective would not like, do that. Dude, you're when a he's working like, professional, yeah. man. Which is, you know, as opposed to Detective Bo- uh, Boney, who's like great in uh, Gone Girl. So yeah. um, that's a three from both of us for this. Let's move on to Gone Girl. Okay, actoring. so Gone Girl, in terms of actoring, yeah. I uh, I am huge into the performance of Rosamund Pike in this movie. I gave it a six overall in terms of actoring. She only didn't um, win because she went against Julianne Moore, who played someone with early onset Alzheimer's. So, like... She is... She, I, I, yeah. She is incredible in this movie. She is 100% you buy into the fact that by the end of the movie that she is a complete and utter psychopath. Yeah. Oh, every, it's, it's not even just the way she delivers lines. It's how you can't see anything behind her eyes. She almost has robotic eyes. No, she is. When she, she is, kills Neil Patrick Harris and she's like, uh, flipping her hair over her face. Like all of her body language is crazy. You could tell there's something so sinister lurking in her. Yeah. She is a, not even lurking by the end. I mean, if you compare her to, to Blake Lively's character too, like the Grossman Pike gives us performance where you, you viscerally feel how sinister and like deep down twisted she is as a person because you, and you kind of understand how she might've gotten there too, given the excellently done flashbacks and, and insight into her, her character. And then you have Emily Blake Lively's character. Who's just like a, a dick. Yeah. Like she's just a, she's just an a-hole. I mean, not even that. And, And that's like, as far as it goes, not even that you just brought up a good point that I forgot to talk about in spectacularity. It's that Emily, when you get the, the reveal that Emily is like a bad character. She's set this whole thing up. The only thing she really, I mean, she kills her sister, boohoo. Um, but the other, no, it's actually, I guess sad, but the sister's also thrown in there way late in the movie. Yeah. You don't, um, you don't care about her, but the thing she, she like throws a wrench up into the sky and lets it hit her in the face. So it looks like she's been abused or something. Yeah. You know what Amy did? Amy took, she drained her arm of blood spread it all over the floor, cleaned it up. Then she took a ball peen hammer straight to her face. Then she raped herself with a wine bottle. It's heavily implied that that was sodomy. sodomy. Yeah. Self sodomy. She self sodomizes herself with a wine bottle. And then Ugh, she dude. sliced an innocent man's throat as he's orgasming into her. Yeah. It's like, so beyond what Emily does that I can't believe that anyone would ever say that Gone Girl or that was Simple Favor was uh, Gone Girl on steroids. And it doesn't. Yeah, that just doesn't add up to me because, I mean, the the ugh, and her plot at the end where she she gets herself pregnant with yeah with oh my god Nick's semen that he donated is just like 
It's so you just believe in the character because of how Rosamund Pike does it. Oh, and there's so there, there's a scene in the movie that just um just sells me on Rosamund Pike giving just like one of the best performances I can think of in a movie. Yeah, and it's it's not like one of the obvious ones to me, but there's when she shows up at um at Desi's house, his lake house, and you don't see. The outside of the house. No. Um, and this bleeds a little bit into the next category that we're going to talk yeah. about too, but you don't see the outside of the house. You just kind of see her reaction to being in this house mm-hmm. and you see her flip through multiple different emotions in this very short amount of time. And it's incredible once you figure out what she is thinking of and the plot that she hatches. Yeah. Because you can, if you look back at it, you can tell that she's thinking a couple things. It just and it's obvious in her face that she's thinking, I'm "Oops, I'm trapped. Yep. This probably isn't good." This is and gonna then, be more and boring you, than my life before. Right. And then you, and then yeah, and then you see her think that, "Oh my God, this is gonna be boring." Yeah. So at first she's like, maybe a little bit fearful that she may have gotten into something she's like ramsey bolton yeah yeah that she that she may have dude great comp i didn't even think of that until now she's kind of fearful that she may have gotten into something that's over her head and then you see her like okay actually this is gonna be boring and awful and then you see her flip to like oh i can use this yeah and then she does use the the solitude of the house and you just see it all in rosamund pike's face that's what I think and is better about the movie. And you have to kind of see that on a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. I also just think that's the thing that makes the movie uh, in some ways better than the book is just her performance. And I do want to talk about, like, I, I want to talk about some of the other actors. Ben yeah. Affleck. I mean, people don't give Ben Affleck enough credit for how perfectly casted he was. Yeah. He is a hateable person. He has this, like, almost perfect looking big American face that you know, that you could understand people would you know, around the country would believe did something horrible. He has this like tired demeanor in every single scene. He uh, has that like really bro-y walk where he has his like hands in his pockets. Yeah, pocket. he's all beefed up from, from, uh, uh, from Batman, Batman in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And then like a lot of the, some of the side actors, not a lot of them, I do, you know, our boy Scoop McNary's in it. Scoop. He's great Scoop. in a very small Scoop. scene. Um, Tyler Perry plays a character. If you've read the book, there's a character who's like a blonde, uh, big talking, like big shot lawyer who's like the best defense attorney in the country. Yeah. They, and then they got Tyler think like, Perry. Think like Alec Baldwin type. Right. And then you got Tyler Perry who does the Medea movies and does like Alex Cross. And all of a sudden he's just amazing in this movie. He's so believable yeah, as this character, Tanner it, Bolt. Yeah, he's perfect. Um, yeah, so I good. also thought his sister Carrie Coon was great. We both love Carrie Coon from Leftovers yeah. and Fargo. And this and is apparently her uh, like first first theatrical like, major movie, film. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is crazy. And then Kim Dickens as Detective Boney was so good. I want to watch anything with her. Uh, very believable detective. Um, she's the detective that you know really wants to solve this case, whereas all the cops and the FBI agents are all really lazy about it. Yeah. And that brings me to the reason why I'm going to give it a six. Instead of a seven, even though Rosamund Pike gives, you know, an all-time performance and Ben Affleck is great and all these other ones are, is just a lot of the side actors just don't do it for me. I don't like the kid from Almost Famous that's a, an adult now, um, her, like, partner. Yeah. Um, I Casey Wilson is kind of ridiculous. Emily Ratajkowski is hot, but, like, 
not great. I guess she's kind of believable in that role. Yeah. And she's played a similar role in uh, another show. I guess uh, I guess she was she was in this movie because Ben Affleck suggested to the director. Oh yeah. That, uh, that Ben she, Affleck's a perv. Su- <laughs> suggested to David Fincher that she be in it. He's like, then, have you seen this Blurred Lines music video? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this girl? Yeah. And then, uh, but I guess when she was. Uh, like they, when they talk in interviews about when David Fincher has talked about directing her, she very much wanted to be as good as she possibly could. So you got to yeah. give her some credit for for putting forth the effort, I guess. Yeah, and but, she, I know. mean, she's fine. She's nothing like great, but she, right. and she's not bad. I also don't like Neil Patrick Harris in this. No, I, I like him as he, an actor. This one didn't work for he me. He might be I the reason that I give this a six instead of a seven because yeah. I'm obsessed with the acting in this movie, except for Neil Patrick Harris. It just bugs the That's hell a out of me. Rude question. Yeah, he just um, is it. It's like. Yeah, I don't know I, if he's miscast or like misdirected or what the problem is, but he just doesn't. I don't buy him in this at all. Yeah, I just to cap it off. I mean, the my favorite scene that best exemplifies the actoring is especially between the two leads is the whole Sharon interview. The the show that uh, Nick Dunn goes on Dude. is the way he acts in that is so good and so subtle. And then you get uh, Rosamund Pike trying to watch it with Desi. And like you could see the wheels turning in her head where she's like, oh, shit, I actually love this guy. He's killing it right now. I need to get back to see him. And you get a little bit of, you know, voiceover from uh, Mm -hmm. her mind. Um, I think that's like the best way of showing that. And I do love, you know, when she comes and is talking to Nick and says, I've killed for you. Who else could say that? You just like believe in this character. It's such a well-written, such a well-directed and um, acted performance. Yeah. Yeah. so let's finish it off with eye, uh, eye candy. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with Gone Girl because I, I, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the because scene that, amazing. You, that you were just talking about. So yeah. I gave, I actually, this, so I can say this now, I gave <laughs> Gone Girl just like straight sixes. Okay, all the um, way through? All the way through. So I gave eye candy a six. Okay. And um, it's, a lot of it is because there are very, there's, so David Fincher is obviously an incredible director. The way that he visually presents this movie is amazing. The lighting is amazing. The the scene where you can just kind of like just feel the the uh, mania in Nick Dunn as he's running outside of the um, his sister's house to get to the shed to get to the yeah. shed where he's like, oh god, I have to be the first one to, to do this. I figured it out, and he gets there. You can just kind of feel it in the way that it's shot and lit. Totally. And and there are scenes like what you were just talking about in Desi's house and what I was talking about earlier, where you don't have to to be told that it's you're in isolation. You don't have to be told that that uh, Desi told Amy that she needs to eat like low fat yogurt. Oh her, yeah, or whatever. And he takes it away from and her, and then he takes it away from her much. when she eats too much. Like yeah. it's just it's just well framed it's just well shot and and it's designed in a way that that you just are you feel it even though it's a movie where there's all of this exposition because that's like a huge part of it you don't Mm -hmm. need it for for a lot because of the way it's it's visually presented to you totally agree and that's why i'm giving it a seven i'm giving it a hard seven out of seven because i realized recently that david fincher might be my favorite director um because He's a lunatic. He's like so, he makes character, I mean, Stanley Kubrick did this as well, but he makes actors go through scenes like 50 times in a row. And then he includes all these weird um, visual things that are so unnecessary. 
If you haven't seen it already, I recommend that anybody go out there, look up the YouTube video about how David Fincher hijacks your eyes, and then look up videos about how David Fincher uses CGI, and you will be amazed. So there are certain scenes in this movie that you don't even know are CGI, as in any of his. He'll just like insert trees in the background where they weren't before. He'll do these like crazy shots that go around. Um, but there's this one right before Nick is getting ready for that interview, um, that Sharon interview, Tyler Perry's character, Tanner Bolt is getting him ready. And he's, uh, every time Nick seems that he's lying, he throws a gummy bear at Nick and the gummy bears are CGI because gummy bears don't bounce off people's heads in a beautiful way. And David Fincher was like, you know what? I want them to for the effect of this movie to show how hard Tanner Bolt is, is throwing them. <laughs> it's unnecessary, but it's visually uh, brilliant. There's other scenes like there's just like a scene in the beginning when he first goes to the bar. Nick first uh, uh, goes to the bar to talk to his sister, Go, where he is. He just slides a glass across to her so he can have more whiskey because he's so like tired. And it's like beautifully shot. It's just him sliding a glass. And I wanted to fill his glass of whiskey. Oh. It, it, he also just like he, dirty, there's these dude. little, gla- I know, <laughs> uh, there's these little glances that Nick gives like anytime the cops, anytime he's talking to the cops and it seems like he gave away something, the camera will like focus on him and then move away. It's, it's honestly visually brilliant. And I think um, the best example of great cinematography beyond uh, the scene that you were talking about when he's running to the shed, is just how he shows that, that house, that smart house on the lake, which is way better than the smart house from Smart House, the Disney <laughs> classic. Um, it is just, I, I love their first meet cute. I think that David uh, Fincher is just a master of his craft, and it's oh, so the, beautiful the to watch. with yeah. Nick and Amy. Yeah. When they're in that, and it's following scene. them through the party, just his texture and lighting is it's yeah. it's brilliant. Honestly, like I'm in awe every time I watch anything by David Fincher. He's a genius. So I'm giving it a seven. So that is uh, the last of Gone Girl. But let's talk about a simple let's, favor. Yeah, let's quickly we, uh, go over uh, eye candy with simple favor. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be quick. I honestly gave it a four because okay. there's also like Average. there's nothing bad in it. There's nothing that like there's no like crappy CGI or like. Um, like weird filter where the whole movie's yellow or something like that that yeah. would like make it necessarily bad. There's also nothing that ne- makes it necessarily good. Um, there are the costumes, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that are uh, goodish. Her three piece suits. Yeah, her like uh, weird blank. Like Anna Kendrick's like quirky uh, outfits. <laughs> yeah. I guess. There, yeah, maybe it's a little bit too on the nose. I mean, I think that's fair if you're going to give know. it, like, I think a four is average. It's pretty much neutral yeah. in that category. Um, I'm going to give it a three. I do think I don't like memory sequences in movies when they are in, like, a weird light, like they're hazy in your memory, and the acting is, like, over-dramatized. So some of the memories, like, with her and her brother and her and her husband – and then stuff with uh, um, Emily's twin sister were just dumb to me. They're filmed in this way where I don't believe it because they over-dramatize it. It's like I, I started thinking they were fake memories. Um, 
I do lo- kind of like the opening title sequence. It was like kind of like James Bond, but like a little lamer. Um, <laughs> but I, I do. I, there's nothing like crazy camera work wise. No. There's nothing no. bad camera work wise. Um, it, it's cool. It's edited in a decent way. It's it, there's nothing that pisses me off. So I'm just gonna say it's like slightly below average. Like I watch three, a lot you give of it a three. Yeah, I give it a three. Okay. So let's count it up, big boy. Um. Uh, I give it 13 for thirteen uh, simple favorite. So that means that it has an overall 29 because I gave it a 16 okay. overall. 29 out of 70 is not very 70. good. Nope, not very good. Not I terrible. think that might be underdoing it a little bit because it is yeah. like not, it's not a bad movie. If I was doing it on a 100% scale, I'd probably give it like a 58. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely is a little bit over the 50% yeah. mark. But we didn't give our ratings don't pan out to that in this no, case. It's a twenty nine, um, which is actually one point less than the overall rating that I gave, that I alone gave Gone Girl. Oh, so mine damn. adds up to 30, 30. six times five. And I think that mine also adds up to thirty. Nice. Um, we agree because I had a five when you had a six, and I had a seven as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is like an eighty six percent. But in reality, I'd probably give the movie a. Um, Probably like a ninety-five. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing. incredible yeah. film. Now, there's there. I mean, I don't know how much more we so, could say about it, but it's it's awesome. So it. yeah, uh, uh, let's move on to some accolades. Really, yeah, quickly. let's yeah. do some accolades. So I was jotting down some really quickly. Ooh, um, I love it. So I got a couple quick fire questions. Which drink do you want more, Nick's? Uh, Nick's like whiskey? ten a.m. whiskey. No. Or uh, so not those those uh, weird little martinis that there's like co- Cosmo. Are they Cosmos or whatever they make in Simple Favor? I'm gonna go with the Cosmos because they look delicious and that house is pretty. Yeah, the little like spritz that that uh, Blake Lively does. Oh, it's with tequila though. Oh, what are they? I might go for the. Oh no, it's gin. It's with gin. Sorry, gin. Aviator. I was thinking it's Ryan Reynolds. That's right, Aviator Aviator gin. gin. Uh, Yeah, I will 100% (laughs) go. They're gin martinis, I think. There we go. I you just decided it for me. I love. So you're gin, gonna go with the so. gin martinis. Let's do that. All right, I'll take the 10 a.m. whiskey. Who won the two movies for you? Who's the MVP? The MVP? Oh, it's oh, dude. I guess it's Amy, even though that's like a psycho thing to say. The character Amy or Rosamund Pike? Technically, it's the character Amy yeah. and Rosamund Pike because Amy wins. She yeah. wins even more in the book, and it's so much more. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Viscerally effed up. I mean, he's trapped in the end in both, and it's he's it's just so much more. Dis- the way that it's revealed in the like, go read the book. Yeah, I don't want to spoil what I what it is that I'm talking about. That's so much more deeply upsetting to me. Right. in the book, but uh, um, yeah, she wins. She wins for sure. She her plot worked. Yeah, horrifyingly. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I would I would say Amy uh, slash Rosamund Pike or David Fincher. I mean, okay. David Fincher needs to make every book that is like deeply fucked up into a movie. <laughs> yeah. He pretty much already has. Yeah. Um. And you know, I love Fight Club, and and Seven is good. I I don't know if Seven's based on a book, but he loves finding really creepy characters he's already had interviews of it he likes like perverts he likes like making movies about stuff like that um he's good at it and he's damn good at it and his visual craft is just so good in gone girl it's uh you know i think that he has gotten better and better over the years but i think gone girl still remains like one of my favorite shot films yeah 
Obviously, you gave it a seven in eye candy. So who lost the two movies? Like who, what is like, uh, yeah, who's your LVP? What happens to Henry Golding's character? Dude, he like helps. I'm pretty sure that he just fails. Like he loses everything. No. Doesn't he by the end of that No, movie? he, no, there's a weird, stupid epilogue post-credit, uh, or not, or pre-credit, but like uh, post-script. About how he, you know, lives a happy life with his son and writes a national bestseller about his Uh, wife. Ah, barf. So no, he doesn't lose. And also, by the way, there is an epilogue in it. But guess what? The book is fake and the movie is fake. And it's not based on anything in reality. So we don't need an epilogue about where they're at in life because they're not real. Yeah. And we also didn't care about any of the characters enough to want to see, uh, you know, a couple lines about where, what they're doing now, because they're not real. Yep. Uh, So I think the real loser is us as the audience, because the true epilogue was supposed to be a ridiculous, like flash mob dance sequence. Oh yeah. But they didn't put it in because I'm actually way more down for that. Because what? But I feel like it, should should have just gone uh, all the way full throttle and included that. Yeah, my LVP is Blake Lively. Yeah, uh, and it's mostly because is it, are you going to talk about the scene. Oh yeah. Okay, so I have a couple questions for you. Yeah. That lead into this. Okay. Who has the worst cornrows in the movie? Her. Is there who, another uh, kid with? Who has corn- the worst layup in the movie? Her. Who has the worst? Well, Eurostep but her Euro steps are pretty good. It's pretty good. I it's think effective. she might travel, but it's like it's it's so corny. So, so, so we're talking about this scene. Gabe, p- paint in the picture. The, in it, it's like uh, she went to jail, but she's getting along just fine or something like that. And then it shows her and she works her way through the crowd. And she like she does like she weaves through like five different prisoners who are playing just the worst defense I've ever seen. Like worse than <laughs> yeah. LeBron James. No, I have no idea how to play basketball. So bad. And then she lays up in someone and then she goes, ha ha, in your ass. And then I threw my computer against the wall, and it is broken into a million pieces. It is simultaneously the most baffling scene, the absolute worst line in the movie that's full of Blake Lively cursing for absolutely no reason in the most unbelievable, not quotable way, Uh, and the weirdest uh, like appropriation of cornrows just randomly. She has cornrows in that scene, right? Yeah. It's Am I misremembering so this? Dumb. And Blake Lively's a so decent weird. actress. This <laughs> so is messed weird. up. Uh, all right, let's do a quick facelift to. Uh, yeah, to that's what I was gonna say. Out. Let's. You got a good facelift for simple favors. So, so in this section, facelift, we take the bad movie. If we talk about a bad movie, if we're so smart and we think that we're so much better than this movie and it's not good, then we should probably have a good idea of what went wrong and how right. it could be better. So I was thinking when I was watching the movie that they were going to keep showing these little parts of Anna Kendrick's uh, Stephanie character. They were going to show, they showed her memory sequences of like her um, cheating on her husband with her brother or half brother. But uh, her, so basically they tell this like whole story about how she cheats on her husband with her half brother. And uh, there are all these like little things and you keep thinking, maybe this is some sinister, horrible thing that she did in the past. And maybe Blake Lively is using her PR company to bring out that sinister stuff, um, which would explain why the detective doesn't seem like a detective at all. He's wearing like a polo and walks yeah. in there. And 
it would explain a lot of how stupid the memory sequences are because they're fake and she's hiding the real truth or something. Or it's just that Blake is a PR agent and it's like the movie The Game and they're trying to bring out something um, that's holding Anna Kendrick's character back from being like, you know, confident and having a good life and everything. But then in the end, you find out that it's all for like insurance money and because she hates her twin sister who's thrown in there. So I don't know. Um, Is that two facelifts? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm facelift? giving like a you... separate facelift Dude, that, that it could have worked. Lifts. You're like an aging Hollywood starlet. I mean, I think like maybe it could have made sense that she was in uh, the um, her husband that dies in a car crash with her half brother. Maybe that was Blake Lively's brother. Her husband, like a strange brother or cousin or something or something that she cared about and she needed to like get her back. Um, I don't know. I think also just eliminate the whole twin sister side plot. There are other ways to fake your death than killing your twin sister and using her, especially when that twin sister is told or is brought to your attention an hour and 30 minutes into the movie or something. Dude, cool it with the facelift, Sharon Dude, Osborne. I can make so many good movies. <laughs> But anyways, that's my facelift for that. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts before we give a recommendation? Um, no, I think we've I think we covered it all. Let's get to the recommendation. Plug the social meds. Yeah. Um. So a similar type movie about uh, if you want to be a little true detective and you want to look for clues, then there's a movie made for people who think that there are clues everywhere in the universe. And the main character is looking for clues everywhere in the universe. It's called Under the Silver Lake. It's by A24. It's with Andrew Garfield. It's on Amazon right now. It's really weird. Not for everyone. It's a neo-noir type movie in Los Angeles mm. with a really big piece of shit uh, main character. But I <laughs> loved it. Um, and you can go on Reddit afterwards and there are some like crazy threads about it. Um, I still need to watch that. Yeah. You would, this to me months ago. I need to do this. You would enjoy it. And yeah. uh, since we are called Facing Off now, you can look us up uh, on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Facing Off Pod or on Twitter at Facing Off Pod. If you have a Twitter, um, we're the Facing Off Podcast either way. And you can find our uh, you know poster wherever. And you can send us email. Uh, we would love to hear some feedback. We already got some great ones and we're really happy to have you. You can send us an email at facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, please, on a, it's now up on Apple. Please rate and review. That really helps us out. You can even be mean on that. It still helps us out. Uh, we're getting attention. We would love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. We and rate us out of seven. I, it's out of five, but you can rate us out of seven. Yeah, you can give us a six. Uh, so Sorry. you got a little send off. Um. Yeah, octopus and Scrabble. Octopus and Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> it's the time to scoop McNary out of here. Yeah, we're gonna scoop McNary out of this. Yeah, right, bye.